Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. I am your host, Christopher Anderson. And today's episode is, well, you know, we often do our episodes about specific parts of the law firm, but today we're just going to talk about it all, which we do from time to time, but uh, we're going to take a different look at it today. As you remember, in the main triangle of what it is that a law firm business must do, um, we have to acquire new clients, which we call acquisition, produce the results that we promised, which we call production, and achieve the business and professional results for the owners. But today we're just going to talk about looking at it all differently. The title of today's show is The New Law Business Model, and it's because I've been particularly unoriginal today. Um, my guest is Allie Katz. She is the CEO and founder of The New Law Business Model. Allie, you don't know this, but I'm notorious for terrible introductions. I've stolen yours from your website, so uh, it should be better than most, um, but we'll ask you more about it in a second. Um, but what I've got is that Allie graduated uh, from Georgetown University Law Center in 1999. Um, she was a John Olin Law and Economics Fellow. And after a clerkship on the 11th Circuit, she was an associate at Munger, Tolis, and Olson. Allie then went on to build her own law practice and to write the best-selling book on legal planning for families, Wear Clean Underwear, and I love that title. Allie has appeared on Good Morning America, The Today Show, all working up to the pinnacle of her career, appearing on The Unbillable Hour. Um, so, <laughs> Allie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Chris. It's great to be here. You laugh. You laugh. Um, <laughs> but so seriously, the... You know, you've got sort of this really great kind of traditional looking background for a uh, you know big law associate. When you went to Georgetown, you clerked for the 11th Circuit, you went to Munger Tullis Olson, you started your own business, and now you're talking about the new law business model. Like, tell us just a little bit about that journey. What brought you to be thinking in this different way? Well, it really it really happened right away when I came out of law school and went to Munger Tolls. I was 28 years old and had achieved all of the success that I could possibly achieve in my life and looked out 40 years into the future and felt very depressed about what I was seeing for the future of that life. I was a brand new mom at the time and I couldn't imagine, you know, the next 40 years of my life doing what I had been trained to do, which is to, you know, work in this amazing law firm for these incredible clients. And it felt like I would be sacrificing my life in the process if I did that. And at the time, I found a coach. Now, this is back when coaching was weird, right? <laughs> today, <laughs> today, coach, everybody has a coach today. Everybody knows about coaching. But back then, it was still very, very strange. And this coach wanted to charge me $350 a month, which again- Oh my God, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Outrageous. It seemed it seemed ridiculous and outrageous to me because I'd never spent $350 a month on anything for myself. You know, I'd gone to law school and spent $100,000 on that, but right. $350 a month for a coach when, you know, in my mind, I was thinking I graduated first in my class from Georgetown Law. How is this coach person going to be able to help me? But the truth was, is that the person I learned of her from loved her life. Mm -hmm. And I hated mine. And so 
I did make the decision to hire this coach. And through that process, I discovered that I was supposed to open my own law firm. And that was crazy thinking to mm -hmm. me at the time. You know, I, I went to law school, so I didn't have to be a business owner. And I was a, a mom and the breadwinner in my family. And, uh, you know, I was going to give up all the prestige of Munger, Tolls, and Olson and all, and all right. that. And, and the six-figure paycheck. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd worked all this time towards sort of that golden ticket. And now yeah. you're going to cash it in for uncertainty. Complete uncertainty. I knew nothing about business whatsoever, had no money in the bank and decided I had to go for it anyway. So I did. And as a result of that, um, this is after my second child was born, you know, I started my own law practice by really trading 20 hours a month with an attorney who had been in practice 25 years uh, he had been doing estate planning in our in our local community in the South Bay area of Los Angeles. And he was happy to give me a desk in exchange for my 20 hours a month of time. And I was happy to take it because, again, I didn't have the 2000 a month for rent. So we did that trade. And in that process, it was fascinating because I saw all of the attorneys working in that office and they were still working all hours of the day and night weekends. And this and was it a wasn't, smaller law firm than the firm you just come out of, but bigger than you by yourself. It was really a bunch of solos who were officing together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in this like penthouse, you know, uh, building, you know, the, the penthouse of this building in our, in our small community. And, you know, these guys, they were all guys, they were working Nights and weekends, not because, you know, their law firm partner told them they had to. They were doing it because that seemed to be what their law practices required from them. And I thought, wow, there is really something wrong here. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, at the, at the time, I, I didn't know quite what it was. I just knew that I was not going to be able to run a business the way that they were. And I was going to have to really figure out how to how to do business differently. So I spent the the first three years of my practice doing exactly that. Along the way, I ended up inventing a whole new way of serving families with young children, which I write about in my book, Wear Clean Underwear, the book with the, the funny title that's about legal planning for families. And I ended up creating what I now understand is a new law business model. At the time, I didn't really know that that is what I was creating, uh, was an entirely new law business model. I thought that I was just creating a new way to serve families with estate right. planning and a way that I could practice law that would actually work for my life as a mom. But now, with the benefit of all of these years of hindsight, I'm able to see it was actually an entirely new law business model, hence the name of my company. Yeah. But so, I mean, let, let's just dig into that a little bit. Because so, so you went to this, you rented this space, you're watching these guys do their thing, and you're like, okay, I didn't leave big law to do this way. And so, but what you've described, I mean, from, from my perspective, what you've described is you saw results that you didn't like. You're like looking at them going, okay, they're working all hours. I don't want to be that way. But did you, did you get an understanding of what they were doing wrong that caused them to be doing that, to be working that, that late? What, what did you see that you thought like was the core of what you needed to change? Yeah. What I've come to see now is that they didn't understand business. They, mm. they, there was no such thing back then, I don't think, as the entrepreneurial lawyer. Today, you know, there's so many of us, right, that are, that are entrepreneurial. But back then, that just wasn't the case, right? We were still billing hourly. 
There was no The Unbillable Hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we were still billing hourly. They were still all, for the most part, doing it all on their own. Um, maybe they had one assistant. You know, I think even at the time that we all like shared a receptionist. That was right. the support that we had. It was all about how do I keep my expenses as low as possible? And really, that's not the pathway to a business right? But for whatever reason, we weren't thinking about law practice as a business back well, That's why then. we invented that other word. We're like, oh, it's not a business. It's a practice. Practice. It's yeah. not a business. <laughs> right. And so if you have a practice and you keep operating as a practice, then you're always going to be practicing and it doesn't ultimately lead to a life that you really want. And what I was able to see is it didn't lead to the best outcomes for the clients either. Right. right? Well, so of course. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be funny if if people doing it that way would have gone like, so here's the thing, client. One of the things you're going to really love about doing business with me is that I've got no one to help me. So you, like, <laughs> right. if I'm working on someone else's stuff, I'm not working on yours. Right. And most of the time when I'm working on yours, I'm going to be exhausted. Mm -hmm. Is that good? Does that work for yeah. you? And when you call me, I'm not going to call you back anytime soon because I'm just way too busy, which is, of course, one of the biggest complaints that people have right. about lawyers is they're, they're uncommunicative. They don't call them back. So it was real interesting when I started, uh, you know, when I really went out on my own and started creating my practice as a business, you know, one of the differentiators that I got to share with my clients is I have a whole team approach here. Mm -hmm. So that when you call, you're not going to get me on the phone. You're going to get one of my team members who is dedicated to making sure that you get your question answered on a timely basis. And that if you need to speak with me, we're going to schedule that call for when I'm available for it. I'm going to be able to meet your needs. But I've got this whole team approach for you here. And it's funny because in my mind, it took me something to get to that being a benefit for the clients that I'm not going to be the one to answer the phone. Right. Yeah. I, I had this idea that if I'm not answering the phone, my clients are going to be unhappy, but it's actually yeah. the exact opposite. And yet until this day, there, I still see a lot of lawyers marketing that one of the key benefits, particularly lawyers who have just left big law, yeah. um, marketing that um, I'll answer the, your, I'll be the one answering the phone. Yeah. And I like, I will never hire that attorney. Um, but right. uh Anyway, so what, what you've described now is you've described what you saw as the results and a little bit about what went into it, which is basically the failure to treat it as a business. We're going to take a break here. Um, when we come back, let's start turning around to saying, okay, you saw the problems. What did you see as some of the solutions? Um, but first, we'll hear a word from our sponsors that make this show work. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C. And get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit even on the go, or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free 
Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. Tinesolve.com. We're back with Allie Katz. Allie is the CEO and founder of New Law Business Model. And so what I'd love to do here, Allie, is pick up the conversation and ask you, okay, you saw these problems. You saw that it wasn't working. Some people would have just run out of the door screaming and gone like, okay, let's try something else because this is not for me. This whole business is not for me. But you didn't. You started working on a new way of doing it. What were some of the things you started to think about to fix the problems you saw? Yeah. So first of all, I want to speak to that because a lot of lawyers talk about leaving the law. I'm going to leave the law. I'm going to go do something else. But here's the thing. You're going to run into the exact same problems in anything else you do because business is business is business. And so you might as well use your law degree. You spent so much time and money on it and truly serve people and make a difference in their lives with your law, de- with your law degree and just have a great business around it. And so that's, that's really what I ultimately ended up coming to because, of course, I considered leaving the law and ultimately realized, nope, I went to law school for a reason. I've got to solve the problem of business, not offer some other service in the world. So at first, when I was first in my own law practice, I thought the solution would come from sales and marketing. And I did learn that. I became very great at sales and marketing. What I realized by solving the sales and marketing problem first is that you can get great at sales and marketing, but if you are great at sales and marketing on the wrong business model, you just actually dig yourself a much bigger hole. Yeah. Because then you've got lots of clients, you've got lots of business, and you're failing your clients. And you're failing yourself and you're failing your team. And, you know, we've already got imposter syndrome as lawyers enough as it is. So <laughs> let's not make it worse. What well, I- and, 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 and I mean, I think to your point, too, is it almost becomes a Ponzi scheme, right? Where you're you're getting yeah. you're selling more to get more money in the door because you need to, you, to, to keep whatever you want of the lifestyle and or the business going. But yeah. you're just building this debt of owed Time. promises, right? Yeah. yeah. Most lawyers think money debt is the problem. Money debt as a lawyer is actually never the problem because you have such an incredibly valuable service that you can offer. Go into debt to buy back your time because time debt is a far worse problem. You can always make more money with the right business model as a lawyer. You cannot make more time. It's the one thing that we all have in common we can't make more of is time. And so uh, what I ultimately discovered is that I had to solve this problem first is what am I actually delivering to my clients? How am I pricing and packaging that service in such a way where I could deliver something that I felt so great about that I was then able to make as efficient as possible in the delivery and the outcome, the value that I was providing to my clients was so high that they'd be happy to pay what I now call affordable premium fees. And this is a bit of a paradox, this affordable premium fee. What is this? Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so this affordable premium fee is a premium fee, meaning it's more than what they're going to pay to the lawyer down the street. It's more than what they're going to pay if they did it themselves online, but it is still the most affordable solution for them. And so I had to really identify how could I be charging premium fees and still be the most affordable solution to my clients? 
And in order to do that, I had to change the way my services were delivered. In my case, those services were estate planning services. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I believe this can apply in any practice area. So don't just tune out because you don't do estate planning. Start to think about how can this be applied in my practice area? And so in order for that to be the case in estate planning, I had to be offering something different than the online DIY services. And this is even back then, 20 years ago, when there really wasn't much legal Zoom, but you know, today they're even, you know, more uh <laughs> trust and well.com just sure, got, yeah. you know, millions of dollars of funding, right? So how can I offer something that is truly different than what somebody could do themselves online? And how can I offer something that is different than the guy down the street? Now, with estate planning, I saw firsthand what the guy down the street was offering, which was substandard. And I saw it when my father-in-law died when I was in law school. He had spent $3,000 on an estate plan with a lawyer in Florida, specifically to keep us out of court after his death, specifically to keep us from having to deal with his ex-wife after he died. And then all of a sudden, we're in court. We're dealing with his ex-wife. I'm thinking to myself, this lawyer must have committed malpractice. But then I go to one of the best law firms in the country. It's not malpractice. At the time, it was common practice. Right. So I knew I could do better than that. And <laughs> right, you're like, wow, and, the bar is that low, huh? <laughs> right. And it was. And, yeah. and to, in some respects, it still is because as lawyers, we are trained to see ourselves as deliverers of documents. Deliverers of documents. And if you are only seeing yourself and only creating your law practice to deliver documents, well, pretty soon you're going to be out of a job. Because clients can do those documents themselves online. Right. It's become, that's become a commodity. It is a commodity. And even legal services, you know, very much to this day, more and more, you know, with the rise of services like UpCounsel, for example, which is great, but legal services can be a commodity. Some think, oh, I'll just go get Legal Shield for $10 a month or whatever. So I began to see that really what I needed to create was a trusted advisor model where when I put my services up against the outcome of the alternative, and in this case, the alternative was a family getting stuck in court, a family getting stuck in conflict, a family not knowing what to do. Sure, they have a fancy binder on their shelf or a set of documents, but they have no idea what to do. And when I when I put myself up against the cost of that to a family or to a business, it made sense for the clients to pay my premium fees, four to six thousand dollars for an estate plan that, yeah, they could do themselves online theoretically for two hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. because we weren't comparing the same thing. Right. And that's the affordable premium. Now, the key to that, Chris, is you actually have to deliver (laughs) (laughs) on that service, right? You can't just be promising something that you can't deliver on. And that really does come into the whole remake of the business model, because if it's just me, well, then I have to legitimately limit the number of clients that I'm serving each month to be able to deliver on that promise. Right. Well, it makes total sense. So the question, I mean, and you've made it clear that you believe that this is not specific to estate planning, that no. this would work in family law, this would work in criminal law, this would work in, like, do you think it's specific to 
straight to consumer legal services or is this also for business legal services? It's definitely also for business legal services. We have a whole branch of our, you know, company that serves the lawyers who serve the business owners. Mm-hmm. With with that model, it's more of a recurring revenue model where the business owner is paying a really nice fee on a monthly basis uh, for a specific outcome. Here's where it doesn't work. It really doesn't work well with litigation, okay. which you know, in my mind is 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 good. Now it can it can work what really well in pre litigation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I, I understand that you do, you know, employment, employment law, employment side law. Right. And there's folks that do divorce law. All of that can get into litigation. But I encourage lawyers to start to think about what might a deliverable or an outcome that you can offer be that will actually keep people out of the court process. Sure. That will yeah. create this big win, this big outcome for them. And how can you charge for that? So you're not charging for you know, a number of hours, you're not charging for a number of months, but you're charging for a specific outcome that allows the client to stay out of the court process altogether. So if you're serving business owners, for example, how do you keep your business owner clients out of court? How do you be proactive instead of reactive? And the key is focusing on that outcome for the client that is going to be worth a whole lot more than what you're charging. Exactly. Exactly. Allie, when we come back from this break, because we do want to hear from our sponsors, um, what I want to talk about is like, because of the gap for me right now, and I think what the listeners would love to hear is, okay, that all sounds great, but consumers believe it's X. How do you teach them that it's Y? How do you teach consumers that the new law business model is what they want? That'll be what we talk about when we get back after these words. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Law Clerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. And we're back with Allie Katz. Uh, We've been talking about her new law business model. And Allie, there's something you said at the end of the last segment that really stuck with me, which is we have to find a way to deliver something of value that's much higher in value than what they paid. And that to me is is like I think we could have done this show in 30 seconds if that's all we said, Um, because that's really it, right? The... I've done talks all around the country. There's a stupid joke that I like to tell in front of audiences basically to get them to warm up a little bit, um, which is, you know, lawyers bill by the hour. But in the reality, there's only two things in this whole world people would rather pay for by the hour. And, uh, you know, what are they? And so somebody will always say uh, sex, um, except uh-huh. in Tulsa where no one would say it. Um, <laughs> and it was like in Salt Lake City, they were all over it. Tulsa, it was like crickets, crickets, crickets. Um, and the other one, of course, is parking. Uh-huh. It's not legal. Nobody actually wants an hour of a lawyer's time. 
except for really weird people. They'd rather do anything than talk to a lawyer for an hour, which makes me really wonder about the model of this show. But, um, <laughs> you know, but so you're talking about providing value that's greater than what they paid. And so what I want, where I wanted to start today was like, but consumers, like the billable hour has been around now for almost 50 years and it's what people know. So yeah. in, in addition to educating lawyers about packaging their business differently and running their business differently, how do you teach consumers to accept that as a way of doing business with a law firm? Yeah. So we have to really educate the people that we're serving to know what they want. They don't know the right questions to ask. So invariably, the 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 consumer, the the you know, the client, the prospect, the family, the business owner, they call the lawyer and they say how much does it cost? Right. That's the only question they know to ask, right? They might know they want to do estate planning, they might know they want to get a divorce or that they have to go through a bankruptcy. And literally the only thing that they know to ask is how much does it cost? And so one of the first things that we train our lawyers on is to be able to address that question and help their prospective clients understand that that's the wrong question. If you're asking the question, how much does it cost? You're very likely going to get the wrong service. You're going to right. end up hiring a lawyer who's actually not going to be able to deliver what you really need. So immediately from that first conversation, we're helping our lawyers to set themselves apart from the rest of the lawyers that this person is going to call if they're shopping around. And it helps to make you unshoppable. So if you take one thing away from this episode, take this away, which is that when somebody calls you and says, how much does it cost? First of all, don't dismiss them as a client because I see a mm -hmm. lot of lawyers right. in our program will say, oh, they're, I'm, they're not the right client for me. Well, no, they might actually be. They're shopping around for your service. They just don't know what else to ask. And so that is your immediate opportunity or your intake specialist. If you have an intake specialist who is handling your calls, it is their immediate opportunity to say, so I understand that you want to know what this will cost, and we actually have a process to help you choose the right fee for you. And that is a key part of our model, That's by really the way. cool, yeah. Yeah, we do not have a one-size-fits-all solution because estate planning is not one-size-fits-all. So if you call a lawyer and they tell you what it's going to cost, again, you're probably not getting the right service for you. Instead, we have a process that we are going to guide you through that will help you to choose the right plan for you at the right price based on the specifics of your family dynamics and your assets. Now, in order to do that, we need to get to know your family dynamics and your assets, and you need to get to know a little bit about the law. And then together, we are going to choose the right fee for you. So you'll choose what it costs at the end of the day, and you're only going to choose a plan that is the right plan for you based on your specific circumstances. Now, generally, that plan is going to range between $2,000 or $1,500 at the low end, up to, on average, $8,500 on the high end. But we start that with what we call a family wealth planning session. And that family wealth planning session is normally $750. But if you're willing to do a little bit of homework ahead of time so that we can get educated about your family dynamics and your assets, and so you can get a little bit educated about the law so that you come in for that family wealth planning session pre-educated and we're pre-educated, we will waive that family wealth planning session fee. We'll give that session to you at no charge. Would you like to schedule that? Uh, and if so, we'll talk more about the details on that. 
Okay. Yeah, that's super. But you're, so you're already kind of priming them like this is this is a value. We'll do it for you. You can do it yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're all you did anchor right. So you said, well, here's a range, mm-hmm. but we need to learn more, which is which is great. So you're already starting to package it. And I think you made a great point though that like I think a lot of lawyers need to hear that point, which is like don't hold it against them. People don't know how to shop for legal services. Okay. There's no like. For those buying an estate plan, it might be the first time. If they're getting a divorce, it might be the first time. Or if it's not, they probably screwed it up the first time anyway, et cetera. Like you, you, we get to educate our consumers about how to buy from us. And we need to take that opportunity to to, to educate them that way because nobody else will. Um, I think that's a super point. So let's let's I think that explains a little bit about it. So tell me, like, as you see lawyers trying to implement this, how do they screw it up? Like when lawyers try to move from hourly to some sort of alternate fee structure, what are the pitfalls people should try to avoid? The first one, and that I see this all the time, is okay, I'm gonna go from hourly to flat fee, and then they charge way too low of flat fees. And then they cannot deliver on the service. And so Mm -hmm. if you have made that transition already from hourly to flat fee and you're charging too low of flat fees, well, you're seeing it. Again, you are right back in digging yourself into that hole because you're going to make, you're going to be over-promising and then you're not going to have the resources to actually be able to deliver. And you're going to- Yeah, there comes that time debt again. There's your time debt again. And so what I want you to realize is that as a lawyer, you have an incredibly valuable service to offer the world. No matter what practice area you are in, there's only 1.3 million of us here in the United States. Now, to you, that might sound like a lot, but if you think about the fraction that actually are putting attention into delivering a truly exceptional service, a truly meaningful service, there's really just a fraction of us out there. And there are millions of clients who need and want the trusted guidance of a lawyer who has relational skills, human skills, who has uh, the ability to provide a service. They, they want our guidance and counsel. They're looking yeah. for the good lawyers. So if you be the good lawyer, if you be the good lawyer, the, the really good human, bringing your humanity, your relationality, and you're creating a service that will just have your clients feel really comfortable with you, there's actually not that many of you. And You have the opportunity then to package your services in such a way where you can charge these affordable premium fees. It is more affordable for them to hire you than to do it themselves or to hire somebody else, and it's still a premium. That allows you to build a business around Mm -hmm. your service. That means you don't go it alone. It means you hire others. It means you're willing to invest in that business. Don't think you could just build it out of your revenue getting yourself into time debt. Think of yourself as a business owner. And I like to make this analogy, Chris, if you think about the dentist. Right. When you go to your dentist, you are not going to go to the dentist who tried to build his dental practice out of his revenue because then he wouldn't have any equipment in his office. Right. He wouldn't have a staff, right? He would be like him with his like little toothpick, <laughs> right? And his, and his little mirror looking in your mouth until he could earn enough money to buy the equipment and to hire the staff. When a dentist comes out of dental school, that dentist knows I'm going to go into debt to invest in my equipment because that equipment is going to be what allows me to build my practice into a dental business. 
Well, it's, it really needs to be the same for lawyers. Yeah. So yeah, he goes into money debt. Money debt, right? Yeah. He doesn't go into time debt. He's got his hours. You know, he's there from you know nine to five, eight to four, whatever he decides his hours are. She decides Except her Wednesdays. hours are. That's right. Your <laughs> dentist doesn't come in on Wednesdays because your dentist knows that that your dentist can do that. Your your business is exactly the same. You have an equally valuable service to offer as your dentist, maybe even more so. And if you start to think about it like that, you could start to realize, wow, I have a really unique and valuable skill that I can offer to the people in my community. I'm going to build a business around this. I'm not going to go it on my own. Or if I am going to go it on my own, then I'm only going to see a small number of clients right, each month. Right. Right? You can do that for sure too. And I'm ultimately going to become what I call a creator of the economy. You, lawyers, are creators of your economy. Hire people, pay them well, turn them into lifers who are going to work with you forever. And as a result of that, you can build a life that yep. you really love, serving clients you love. And we can turn this whole broken traditional law practice model on its head and, you know, bring the love back to lawyering again. Oh, man, that is the perfect place to wrap the show. Thanks so much, Allie. Thank you so much. That And that does. That wraps up this edition of The Unbillable Hour. So thank you all for listening. Our guest today has been Allie Katz, the CEO and founder of the New Law Business Model. Um, Allie, we've touched on a lot of different things, and I, like, I know we've only scratched at the surface of some of this. So mm -hmm. if people are intrigued, if they'd like to know more from you or about you, mm -hmm. um, how can they get in touch? Well, I have a book. It happens to be called The New Law Business Model. So you can you can read the book. You can also, of course, go to our website, newlawbusinessmodel.com. We have webinars, we have trainings, we have a free email newsletter we send out every week, and we look forward to getting to know you. That would be great. Thanks so much, Allie. This, of course, is Christopher T. Anderson, and I look forward to being with all of you listeners next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us. We will speak again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.